Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, with Ray Zander, your guide, coach, and best gal pal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another bright, shiny edition of Everyday Attraction. My name is Ray Zander. I'm your host for the hour. Oh, we're here for another metaphysical romp. Hope you got your... uh, porch settings. Hope you're sitting back on your porch. Hope you got something cool to drink that's mostly around this country. Ooh, it's a little hot, but we like that, right? A little contrast is good. We come together each week as an opportunity to go deeper into the knowing of this thing that we call law of attraction, this thing that is the very essence of what we walk around in every day. Know it or not, we are attraction beings, and what we like to do here is to slow things down a little bit. Slow it down and make this information palatable. Palatable, there's a word. To make it delicious. To make it refreshing. So that you can use the information to your betterment. It's all wonderful to get concepts. It's wonderful to have aha moments. But what we really enjoy on this show is the ability to take that information and change your life for the better. We're here to live joyous lives. Our only purpose, as our teachers say, is to live joy, more joy, and more joy on top of joy. So if there is anything other than that going on in your life, there's some opportunity here. There's some opening. And on today's show, specifically, we've called it Emotions Rule. And Emotions Rule because they give us key indications about where we are vibrationally. They are our ripcord to the infinite. They are the connection to the universe. Our emotions are always telling us whether we're looking from the eyes of abundance or looking through the glass of scarcity. Our emotions always tell us as if we're speaking the sounds of high source or that we're caught in a limited capacity of not knowing who we truly are. Our emotions rule the day, but if you do not know that, it is so easy to push them down, to call them irrelevant. And today, they are relevant. We're going to talk about emotions, and we're going to talk about how it is that we can discover the power of them. And we're also going to listen to a few Abraham workshop segments. We love these teachers We truly believe that these teachers are some of the most vibrant, enlightened teachers on the planet today, giving us information about where we are going vibrationally. 
As many of you know, Abraham is coming through the blessed teacher vessel known as Esther Hicks, who we adore. And we also always like to shout out their website as many times as possible and hope that you go there and take advantage of all the information they provide. It is www.abraham-hicks.com. Check out their workshop schedules because they are coming to a town near you. And they do cruises. And today we're actually going to pull from a recent cruise and talk a little bit about what they're saying and why they're saying it. And to help me do that, I have my good friend who's coming on the show with me today, Rosemarie Michaels. Welcome, Rosemarie. Thank you, Ray. I'm so glad to be here. Rosemarie is a fellow Abraham student. She is also a professor and a photographer. And we just love to sit on this metaphysical porch and listen to some tracks and slow some stuff down. And like we said, get up underneath it and make it more usable for our lives. And uh, Rosemarie, when did you come to uh, know Abraham? How long have you been on this journey with these guys? I've been on the journey with Abraham since about nine, uh, 2005. Um, but they had a teacher before that who was Seth, and that was 20 years ago. And I started with Seth about that long ago. Fantastic. Yeah. You've been on this road for a while. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful how it continues to unfold deeper and deeper information? I just, I find it just never ending in the capacity to please and, um, and to be excited. Isn't it amazing how these teachers it's like they're, you're never done. There's always more. There's always more, and it's evolving and evolving every time I hear anything from them. So. Which, as they tell us, because of our evolution, right? They're, I think they've been saying the same thing all along, but we're coming into more in tunement with understanding these teachings, and we're like, I've never heard that before. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, why didn't they tell us that before? And people have asked them that. And I've heard them say, you weren't ready for it yet. Yes, yes. It's so fun to be um, connected with those non-physical energies, and I am so appreciative of the way that Esther Hicks is able to channel it because it's just wonderful to hear it in, in such direct language. Mm-hmm. And yet, when they do speak to us, the information is, is so jam-packed with brilliant pieces of explosive understanding that uh, what I want to do with you today, because you, you know this material as well as I do, to, to have some fun with it. And what I know for the tracks that we've had queued up for today is they take conventional wisdom and they flip it to what I call metaphysical wisdom, to infinite intelligence. And sometimes it's a little difficult for me because my conventional wisdom wants to say, well, that's crazy. Yes. (laughs) Right? That's That's not what I was told. That's not what I was told. That's not what I've been thinking all these years. So, and then they just, they do absolutely flip it on as we have to really, really, but it feels right when they say it. It's like, yeah, that feels so much better than what I've been thinking all this time. Isn't that the key? I mean, talking again about emotions, as we were speaking about before, we know it's right. We know that it's right. And yet we have to kind of deal with some of the momentum around our conventional thinking or that which we've been told. Um, and it's so good to release the conventional wisdom, which often is just fraught with limitation. You know, Limitation and blame and... It's it's not my fault, and when you really understand their emotions are your source talking to you, 
then that's what it is in terms of giving you feedback about what's happening. And uh, that's, the, that's the key is that it's all, we, we are in control of our reality and, um, and our emotions are helping it along the way with that. And it's so good to know that. So we can sort of untangle the limiting beliefs and the limiting understandings and really embrace the expansiveness. The first track that I want to queue up for us today, and again, this is from one of the cruises. Rosemary, have you been on one of the cruises before? I have. I've, I was on the Mexico cruise about a year and a half ago in January. It was lovely. Tell me about lovely. that experience. Well, it was my first cruise. I'd never been on any cruise before. And, um, and so you've what, it was just phenomenal because friends that I met at these at their work at the Abraham Hicks workshop said we're going. Do you want to come with us? And I'd been to Mexico many times, and they said, "Come on, you can come." I was like, "All right, I'm there." So we all three of us met, shared a room, and then whenever you walked out in the hallway or had dinner or were anywhere, there's all these Abraham Hicks people around. Maybe 400 <laughs> of us out of 1,500 people, and I've never been surrounded by so many happy, connected people. And so wake up in the morning, walk over to the um, auditorium, hear Abraham for four hours, then go to the pool or go to the Lido deck and have a cocktail, meet up with friends, go in the hot tub, and then go back and hear more Abraham. And then it was just like that for a week. We stopped oh. at three, three different ports. You could go off and do what you wanted or go on. Like I went on a whaling trip on a little tiny boat and the uh, person in the scientist in charge said she's never seen so many whales it was like they were performing for us and so that's because the boat is filled with well only eight abraham people (laughs) (laughs) we know our alignment (laughs) it was lovely we know our alignment we know how to get we know how to get what we want thank you teachers I, i that just sounds like bliss what you just said you know the whole way to go that's just heaven on a stick for me and i haven't been on a cruise yet and i am really it's in my in my vortex as they say i i look so forward to that what i do notice is you know, we get all the tracks that they talk about. We're on the master's program or the glutton program, whichever you care to call it. But I always find that the cruise tracks are the most leading edge. And I think it's because it's that condensed energy on that boat with the intention of everyone kind of free floating in this body of water and really wanting to get down to the business of expansion. And you know, and and the tracks we're going to listen to today are from the Australian cruise that just happened. So if you haven't heard it already, big shout out for the cruises that you can sign up for. And they do like three or four a year. And um, if you have an opportunity to join them, pop over to their website at, at abraham-hicks.com and just go on one. It's just so much fun. So the first track that I want to queue up is a really interesting track specifically around children and video games. Now, uh, both Rosemary and I are parents, and often this has come up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine's still a little one, but there's still that kind of conversation. Um, how have you dealt with with your child and the video game craze? Well, we uh, – my son's 11, and so this is a big – deal he loves to play anything on a computer anything on an iphone um anything and we have chosen to not have certain things that kids are into 
um, for example, the Wii game or anything like that in our home. And um, we've had our we have our son on video games. We don't have him. He likes to be on, so he has a certain time of day that he can do that. Um, and anything else, he's had to buy himself. And so he has manifested many things. Like an iPhone was given to him. He <laughs> saved up. He saved up money for a, a couple handheld games. Anytime he buys anything, he's he um, he has to do it himself. And so we monitor in terms of what he's seeing and it's age appropriate. Um, but this is one of the, the things that he has chosen to figure out how to get this himself. I love uh, that. Yeah, and and also, but it's the time, and they I believe we'll talk about like how do you get your kid to not be so focused on this um, the game? And I have some ideas, but certainly willing to hear other people's too. Exactly, and you know the 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 concept of escapism versus enjoyment comes up. So let's go ahead and cue up this track and take a listen. Again, this is Abraham Workshop uh, recently and an an Australian cruise that happened in 2011. It's about a five minute track, and then we'll come back and break it apart and make it a little bit more palpable and and hopefully uh, throw out some ideas for you parents who might be dealing with kids and video games. So here we go. So is this a bit why children play video games also? Is yes. that without the meditation yes. tools, they're just desperate for a way to release resistance? Well, yes and no. Mostly no, in that children haven't specifically activated as much negative stuff as their parents have. So they're not escaping. They like video games. <laughs> they like them. They like the uh, the they like their minds moving fast. They like the they like the vivid colors. They they enjoy the sound effects. They they enjoy the progress. Many of those games sort of mimic life in general. They like their feeling of evolution. They like knowing that they're better at something today than they were the day before. Mm-hmm. They're like being ready for something because now they're sort of prepared for it. In other words, they they were born cable ready in ways that their parents were not you see and so don't assume that it's escapism with them and we are really looking forward to the time that you are playing a delightful game for the fun of it rather than to escape from something less delightful in other words you're really going to start noticing how delicious life can be when you leave behind all of those feelings of what I should be doing and what I ought to be doing and what I need to be doing and start replacing them with what I'm craving what I'm delighted to do what I feel like doing you see and so maybe we need to let children choose how much time they spend with that just as we should feel our way through if I'm in a game of Sally Spa and I I get to a certain level I know when to stop those kinds of things just feel it from within when it's time to stop because I think that's a, a hard time with a lot of children that we've had as patients is that they don't know when to stop and they get obsessive with the games well the thing that's tricky about this is that it's what we were talking about just a minute ago that so many people are comparing their experience to the experiences of other people which we want to call irrelevant rather than to the way they feel vibrationally in relationship with the way they feel in their vortex and so rather than trying to control the behavior in order to affect emotion instead try to affect emotion in order to encourage behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's an entirely different thing. In other words, when, mm-hmm. when you are high on life, there are a lot of things that 
that match that feeling that you will be called to. When you're really tuned into who you are, you'll be called out on the deck to look out. You'll, you'll look right as the dolphin jumps. When you are high on life, you'll rendezvous with the rainbow and you'll turn the radio on when your favorite song is playing. When you're high on life, a whole lot of things will rendezvous with you. It won't just be the video games, you see. But if you have parents or other adults who are scrutinizing you and acknowledging or coming to their determination that you are inappropriate, so every time you play the game, you're sneaking away to play it because there is a, a sort of overhanging of resentment or negative thought around it so you begin feel guilt, feeling guilty mm -hmm. and like you shouldn't be doing it then you're being trained away from your vortex and it's more likely that you'll do more of that because now it's escapism rather than wantism isn't it yes Perfect. So what do you want to, what you want to say to your children? You want to say through the demonstration of your own behavior. In other words, don't try to teach them through your words. It, it's like when you leave this ship, w one of the things that Jerry and Esther have been hearing as they're interacting with different staff from the ship and, and uh, people who are interacting with you, when you leave this ship, they will not be speaking of you while you are among the most prosperous of those who they meet with on a regular basis, they won't be talking about your prosperity. While, while you are some of the most interesting mix of people that is ever on board a ship, they will be not be talking about how interesting you are. They are talking about how happy you are. That's the impression that you are leaving. They're talking about how happy you are, how joyful you seem, how nice that is, how unusual that is. Jerry and Esther have been told that they haven't met up, the, the ship has not met up with people this happy for about a year ago when you were their group on another excursion. In other words, that's, that's, what, that's what you're being known for, you see. You're, you are setting the example, you're leaving the impression through your emotional presentation, not through your intellectual, not through your financial, not through your credentialed. You're leaving the impression through your vibrational, emotional, because they can sense, because they want it too, they can sense your relationship with who you are. And we're not saying you're all flying high every minute of it, but as in a general sense, that's who you are. The edge is off of you in a way it isn't off of most people. And it will continue to come off and it will continue to come Welcome off. Welcome back. Until My name is Ray Zander and you're listening to Everyday Attraction. Now we had just listened to uh, a snippet, a little bright spot from the uh, Abraham uh, Hicks cruise and the information there was so wonderful and so interesting and an opposite of conventional wisdom. So we're going to take a, a quick break and Rosemary and I will come back after the break and delve a little deeper into this whole concept of children and video games and how happy are you. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hi, my name is Lynn Twist. I'm the author of The Soul of Money. If you're struggling right now with a financial crisis, I recommend going to www.unityfm and listening to our course about the soul of money and how to handle this in a way that brings out the deep spirituality that's available at this time. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. 
Join author Lynn Twist for the blessing of the financial crisis. You'll learn new techniques to use the current economic situation to redefine your relationship with money. It's available now for immediate download at unity.fm in the video download section. Turn to Everyday Attraction and the Metaphysical Porch with your spiritual neighbor, Ray Zander. Have a sit, get something to sip, and let's get real. Spiritual. Welcome back from the break. My name is Ray Zander, and you're listening to Everyday Attraction on AlignRadio.com and Unity.fm. I have with me on this metaphysical summer porch this uh, this time and space uh, my friend Rosemary Michaels, who is a professor and also a photographer. And Rosemary, before we delve into that last clip that we listened to, I want to give out your website because I think your photography is extraordinary. Talk about alignment. Oh. <laughs> um, Thank you. Rosemary has a website. It's www.rosemarymichaels.com. Dot com is that right that's right yes and there you'll see some of her extraordinary photography which was clearly taken in the vortex but she's here today to help me kind of break apart some of the delicious information we just heard from this uh, track from Abraham Hicks talking about children and video games but more so what I heard Rosemary was this kind of understanding of escapism versus wantism which is not really a word but they threw it out there um, and I thought what was interesting is that the questioner assumed that kids would be wanting to escape to video games and I think that was a little bit of a projection on her part because it's really adults who are wanting to escape that's right isn't that interesting it is interesting because it, you assume that for kids too that oh they're doing that to escape but they said over and over kids do it because they like to do it and um, this is an interest I love when they talk about kids because kids are so much more connected than we remember being I think and um, I actually um, the first time I got in the hot seat I asked Abraham a question about competition in children and what's that about and Abraham said you know they don't have it was an interesting way similar to what they said here the kids we have ways to judge our progress forward we have jobs we get paid more money or you know we buy a house we buy a car kids don't have any of that they judge their progress forward maybe by being um, competitive but not in a bad way at all similar to these video games they can see how they can enjoy their progress is what Abraham said one day they're doing this level in a game then they learn it and the next day they're doing better and better and better and that's how they judge their progress forward which is really interesting because there is great satisfaction in being able to witness our own evolution, our own improvement. And I think we can learn from that, that that's something that's okay to be satisfied by. Mm-hmm. So if we are competitive in our workplace, as long as it's not coming from a concept of scarcity, but a concept of, oh, I want to be better than I was last month, or I want to be m- more capable than I was last year, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There is nothing nothing non-spiritual about that kind of 
progress and evolution and it kind of gave that whole competitive spin another vantage point again flipping conventional wisdom into more of a spiritual perspective absolutely you wouldn't think that competition would be something that um you know source would be saying is a good thing but really when it's done in the way that you've suggested that you're thinking about your own growth and your own what you want to accomplish in life there it is that's what it's about And I think you truly know that you're in the spiritual context of competition when you can celebrate fully someone else's success in the midst of your own quote-unquote failure. I think when you can get to that point of, oh, isn't it great that they succeeded and isn't it great when I succeed, but you don't get devastated when something doesn't turn out the way that you intended, you know? Absolutely. When you can look at what someone else, when they're doing a good job and think, oh, wow, that's awesome. And, and and learn from that and appreciate that, then you're well on your way to doing the same thing. And I so. think it's it, it really is one of those jewels of a lesson that I learned from these teachers is that if I don't have as much excitement about people in my life getting what they want as when I do, there's still some work for me to do in my releasing of scarcity, in my releasing of understanding that there is total abundance for everyone. And I've practiced that, you know, in in my work, I, I want to truly and not inauthentically be as excited for someone else's win. And it's still a little bit of a challenge because I think the minute someone else wins, we've been taught that now there's less for you. You know? mm-hmm. That there's only so much there. There's only so much abundance and so much money and so many clients or so much whatever. And if someone else has has a lot, then we're not going to get that. And that's just totally not the way it really is. Yeah, we're creating so. it as we go. And and I sometimes get this visual of like a dog shaking off water. You know, when they come out of the yeah. water, they just do this full body shake off, you know. Sometimes I have to just sort of shake myself into remembering that that is not the truth. That, that we are creating abundance as we perceive it. And, and that's sort of radical in a lot of circles. Well, a lot of stuff that we're talking about is radical in, in circles, which is why I adore it. It's really leading edge thinking. Back to the kids in the video games, you know, as they said, and I always laugh about this, is that children are what we have asked for. They are the evolution of consciousness coming in more quote unquote cable ready. And don't we see this over and over again? My son is two and a half and you should see him on the iPad. It is staggering. <laughs> I mean, he can whip through Netflix and pick his shows. He's got like three or four shows he likes and he knows how to go back oh, if something's boring him he'll stop it he'll go back I mean it is awesome and of course you know we observe to make sure he's kind of seeing what's age appropriate but wow I mean and you know with iPhones and iPads as many of you know there's a different type of texture to waking it up than flipping around and he's got that subtlety down and I just oh, yeah. it, it's just amazing I know I went to take a class just a, you know an evening class on how to work with my new com- laptop computer different programs and my son said you know I could teach you that <laughs> I said I know, but I'd like to just do it in, in, you know, in two hour right there. And I said, but you'll be my tech support. And he does. Sometimes I'll just be at my computer and go, tech support. He runs over, what do you need? <laughs> He's 11. He's 11. He's 11. Got his own iPhone. Yeah, next year in sixth grade, that he'll get his own laptop computer at his school. Wow. So can you believe that? Um, well, I- 
you know, we really have to release the resistance around it because I know that there's a lot of stories and fears and, you know, are the kids being cut off, you know, from, from each other? Are they texting too much? I, I think we can just get, you know, kind of Elvisy about it. You know, remember in the day when our parents were, you know, Elvis was the coming of the devil and it was so awful and now you kind of, it was kind of cute, you know, and I think oftentimes, even though the technology scares some of us in, you know, who've been around for a while, we just have to keep releasing that and knowing that, yes, of course, there's abuse of anything, but if kids are in alignment and they're connecting and they're excited and they're moving forward, we want to let them embrace that technology. Yes, we don't even know where this is going. And every day I hear new things that are happening with computers or technology or on the internet and my husband and I are just like wow and my son just kind of rolls his eyes and it's to him it's of course of course (laughs) (laughs) so five years from now and ten years from now think about it he'll be maybe out of college um, if he decides to go who knows what the technology is going to be like and this is where his training ground is now they're dreaming of our future. And I, I often think that, you know, it is the resistance that we introduce that oftentimes doesn't shut down their dreaming ability, but it can curtail it and mold it unnecessarily. So I think our job as, as adults is really to set the example of releasing our own resistance. And, you know, in that segment that we listened to, I really loved this idea that, you know, Abraham's wish for us is that we would stop doing things as a form of escape. And that we would more embrace and let, you know, our craving and our delights rather than our shoulds, our have-tos, and our responsibilities. Wasn't that interesting? I love that. And, oh, I'd love to embrace that even more. Just do something because you want to do it, because it would be enjoyable. I, I just love that idea. I'm going to read this book because I want to read it outside and not time myself. Oh, I have 20 minutes. And, yeah. and then I have to do this. I think uh, we would be uh, so much happier and things would just come to us so much easier if we could really embrace, what do I want to do now? What would bring me joy? And if just our, like kids do. And if our thoughts are, are more in alignment um, most of the time, then there really isn't anything to escape from. I mean, escapism mm-hmm. really is there because your mind is controlling you, you not controlling it, and you have to escape from it. You know? Oh, that's a good point. Yes, if you're truly in alignment, there's nothing to escape from. So something can be chosen rather than, oh, God, I need something to, to stop my mind. I mean, I really do think it is that idea of of being more aware of where our thoughts are going and our feelings, our emotions. What are our emotions telling us? You know, when I thought it was a really good point that the questioner brought up, and this is something I deal with still as a parent, even knowing this Abraham material, is how much time should I let my child be in this uh, electronic connection? And, oh, you know, I get caught up in some of, like, the fears that go on about, oh, don't let them get close and there's all this energy stuff and the EMTs and ZWEs and I mean (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. just get bombarded and and here's the radical part of Abraham and the radical part of unity consciousness is that we're making all this up so if we believe it we're right man that's a hard one to swallow that is a hard one to swallow and the idea of again about not Abraham saying don't don't control behavior not your own not your, your child set that emotional example and I think that is so important, and especially your sons too, to keep um, 
you know, mine, I can see it in me with the things that I resist, he does too, because we've learned that together. And really to keep on with me, just, re- to, you know, setting those things aside, setting an example of, um, choosing to do things because we like to do it, or just being so aware of what emotions and what I'm feeling so that he setting the example for him. It's so true, and and um, I know that I try sometimes to to focus on my words as my teaching tool, and it is so clear and so obvious that that is not the most powerful way to be a teacher uh, for our children and for anyone in our lives. It is so clearly about doing it yourself and modeling that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's so wonderful to for them to talk about how when you're in alignment and you're enjoying your life, uh, the dolphins will come and play. Nature will come up and greet you. Um, you don't need to uh, sneak around or feel resentment or feel guilty about doing things that you love. It's actually um, Source's next way to remind you that you're in alignment. It is that joy. It um, is. What an entrainment. And so I want to trust this. I want to trust that I don't have to browbeat my child, <laughs> you know, and control them with my words and my actions that if I showcase alignment and I'm not escaping and I showcase that I'm doing things out of joy and I'm balancing how I do things. I'm not doing one thing for hours and hours. I'm balancing, okay, this is enough. And now I want to trust that they'll pick up on that own internal balance because you know that if you try to push this, the minute they get out of your sight, they're going to go do what they want to do. Absolutely. That's right. And so I think it is that modeling and safe environment and and talking very briefly about things, but mostly it's that day-to-day. How are we feeling ourselves and what are we giving out there for our kids to pick up on? Because how we feel and what we do speaks so much louder than what we say. It's so true. And what a relief because then everyone wins because we teach by being the truth of who we are. That's right. So I want to key up the next segment that we're going to listen to. And, and this one is talking a little bit more about the idea of resistance and what happens when we release resistance and the importance of us being sensitive to our emotions in direct alignment to what we're manifesting in our lives. So let's go up and cue this next segment again. This is uh, an Abraham Hicks workshop. You can find out more about their cruises and everything you need to know about this information at abraham-hicks.com. So sit back, relax, have another sip of that iced tea, and let's get into this next segment. Thank you. I have a couple of questions that you've touched on and they've stirred up even more. Um, The first one I want to touch upon is, I've heard you say many times, that what we experience is a a reflection of our vibration at a given time. And a couple of months ago I had an experience where I was really having everything magical and synchronistic and it was beautiful and fun and I was appreciating it. And then I felt blindsided. I felt like something suddenly happened that didn't fit. Which means I had an active vibration that I was unaware of until it manifested and showed itself to me in graphic form. Yes. And, and, and it was really dramatically different from minutes earlier. Wait. But, but did, you hear, did you hear what we said? Yes. The, I, there, was a, there was an active vibration within me that I was choosing to ignore. 
And once it manifested, I no longer could ignore it. Yes. Blessed manifestation that helps me weed out the discordant, resistant habits of thought that, that I didn't know were there until they sh yes. showed themselves to me in graphic form. Yes. Because I've been asking for that. Yes. And what I saw days later was my upset over the situation that felt totally out of the vortex was exactly what I needed to release the resistance to let it go. So, yeah. That. Well, we, we agree with that to a certain extent. You could, you could have released the resistance by being more sensitive to emotion. In other words, things don't have to manifest into something that's uncomfortable, but it doesn't matter when they do. In other words, sometimes, sometimes you all are in a hurry. In other words, sometimes you've got a big wad of resistance that you've been carrying around for a long time and you're not releasing it. And so you put the steam on by setting forth a powerful intention which just causes the eruption of it sooner and makes you take care of it faster. And if you, if you are aware that you are doing that, then you don't have to continue to go back and revisit it over and over again. If you make the event a culprit that you continue to point at and you speak of it as if it is an anomaly instead of something that you really understand, then it can rear its uncomfortable head again and again. Do you feel that it got resolved in the manifestation? I think so. I, I, I certainly way more than I ever have in the past. Well, the Welcome back we from the break. You're that. listening to Everyday Attraction. But we had a quick break there where we were talking about uh, this wonderful segment about emotion and vibration. And, um, I'm here with my friend Rosemary Michaels and we're, we're just chatting about these wonderful segments. I love this segment so much. There was so much in it and it's only like two minutes and 40 seconds. It's so delicious. Um, what's there? Let's talk a little bit about this. The concept of being blindsided. What's your take on that? Well, I love how Abraham have said that before. It's, you know, when something happens that you don't want, you just say, oh, it came out of the blue. And Abraham says, no, it came out of the oblivious. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's how I feel this segment is about is, boy, we, if we knew when, if we, if we, uh, knew what we're creating, we wouldn't be creating some of this stuff we don't want, um, but somehow we I, we tend to be oblivious to maybe our negative th feelings or feel our, our our emotions are trying to tell us this is not what you want to be doing right now. You're really angry. You're creating something you don't want, um, and it's sometimes we don't pay attention. Yeah, it really is this. I want to say the spirituality of sensitivity. You know, that there is something so spiritual about being sensitive to what's going on because we do take the tough road where we say, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm like, oh, that's, I'm just going to, I'm not going to really feel that feeling. I don't want to, I'm going to escape from that. You know, we, we become oblivious. We call it, we call the important things irrelevant and the crazy things relevant. You know? right. yeah. And yeah. I wonder how much, you know, we were sort of we're kind of brought up to be like that well just tough it out and keep keep a stiff upper lip and you know taught about our emotions is a whole different thing that it's that person's fault they made us angry or it's that person's fault you know i wouldn't feel jealous if they didn't whatever when really it's all about ourselves giving us clues to what we're to what's going on in our life and I think what happens too is, let's face it, the world of effects is very distracting. 
There's so much going on. And I think as we were growing up, in order to survive, we had to, and the human body has to narrow in and not take everything in. So we get kind of used to closing down in order to survive, you know, because we can't take in all the colors and all the textures and all the temperatures. So I think as a part of our learning to be in the world, learning to feel safe in the world, we kind of close down. But at some point in our spiritual growth, that becomes a, a bit of a handicap rather than a good thing. We know we're in a safe environment. We know that we've got our sea legs now. Um, let's get a little bit more wide view of what we're feeling. Let's allow something that we're carrying around to be more obvious to us, to allow our sensitivity to be our spiritual work and not shove it down. I, I love this woman who said, you know, I felt so blindsided and Abraham was so, so clear. No, you had an active vibration that you were unaware of and you chose to ignore it long enough so that it manifested. Boom. Mm-hmm. And and that is so true. Don't we say that things like that happen all the time where we think, well, where did that come from? But we've been ignoring something. And I love the idea of what you talked about, the spirituality of sensitivity, that that's what we're aiming for. To really watch and see what or what what really is happening, and not push that down, and know that those emotions are our only communication really from God. Is that they are telling us whether we're seeing things from the full vantage point or that we've chosen to see it from a restricted vantage point. But what I love about this segment is bless your manifestations, even if it looks like a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay, that's a big indicator. I had indicators along the way that were a little more uh, subtle, but this one I can't, I can't ignore. I can't ignore. And you know, and then she said, "Well, maybe that's just how it is. You know, I'll, I'll be insensitive to it, and I'll, I'll carry around this resistance, and then boom, it'll manifest, and then I'll deal with it." And I think I, Abraham was so quick to say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 yeah." That's one way to do it, but it's really the hard way. It's the hard way. It's the hard way. It's not necessary. It's actually a bit more of an elegant opportunity to slow down, stop hurrying so much, and look at this wad of resistance. I love that. That's right. I love that wad of resistance. And it can be so simple as take a deep breath, take a walk, look. If you can't get outside, look outside. I think it could be as simple as that. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Everyday Attraction. I'm here with my friend, Rosemary Michaels, and we're just picking apart these delicious informative segments from Abraham Hicks. We're going to take a break. When we come back at the break, we're going to talk a little bit about the wad of resistance you may be carrying around and this word irrelevant, this blessed word irrelevant. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. The unity message is universal, uniting, empowering, and transformational. Carrying this message to the world with the power of music and song are scores of singers and songwriters who dedicate their extraordinary gifts to helping heal the world and spread the message of unity and oneness. These are the Messengers of Unity. We salute the Messengers of Unity. The voices of the one voice of all humanity. 
Tune in to Pazapalooza, music that matters, with host Richard McDesey to hear the music and the artists who are changing the world, one song at a time. Fridays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Even if you're a seasoned spiritual student, even if you've been on a spiritual journey for a long time, how's your life working? Knowing spiritual principles isn't enough. We have to practice them every day. Join Reverend Ellen Debenport and co-host Laura Shepard on Absolute Living as they talk each week about putting principles into action in every decision we make. Listening to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. To learn more, become a fan of our Facebook page, search for Everyday Attraction, or email us at everydayattraction at unity.fm. Your comments and participation are sincerely welcome. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Attraction. This is the radio show that delves deeply into the law of attraction and most specifically the teachings of Abraham, which many of you might have known, maybe have known for years. And what I love about Abraham is they're a super fantastic complement to a lot of metaphysical teachings, unity, science of mind. Many of us who've been in the Abraham uh you know, tribe, as we laughingly call it, um, have also delved deeply into some of these old other metaphysical understandings. And it's so wonderful to see the weave of these principles over and over and over again. And I have with me my, my friend and metaphysical cohort, uh, Rosemary Michaels, who is a, a professor and also a fantastic photographer. You can check out her, photo- her photos at rosemarymichaels.com. So Rosemary, that last part, we want to talk about this wad of resistance. <laughs> yes, of which we don't have, right? <laughs> right? I mean, I just love that, that Source Energy knows the word wad. wad. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's why we love them so much, right? They speak right to us. They speak right to us. So the image that I got, you know, when I was thinking about water resistance is I got this image of Jeff Foxworthy, who's that comedian who, whose whole spick, spiel, spiel, there's the word. Or stick. Or spiel, stick. Um, is, you know, you know you're a redneck when. And I just thought it'd be funny, like, you know you have a wad of resistance when <laughs> when you get into an elevator and everyone's pissed off. <laughs> there you go. Or people are cutting you off in traffic. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, you know you are you have a wad of resistance when you keep falling over stuff. <laughs> have you ever had that where you keep tripping over things yeah. and falling on your face? Exactly. Yeah. Or I know I'm, I'm in resistance when I get in the wrong line in the grocery store. Woohoo! Great indication. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, all right. Yeah, you know you have a lot of resistance when your husband calls you and he's pissed off again. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) You know when you have, you know when your child says to you, "You don't know anything about that." (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. You know you're in a lot of resistance when in the parking lot you cannot find a space. 
Mm-hmm. It even gets to that detailed. And I know people joke about, oh, I always get parking spaces. But there is something about the divine timing of our lives. And Abraham is constantly telling us that we can slow down. We can relax. Okay. It's already done. You know, that which we want is here. And we just have to get to a vibrational translation of being able to see it and feel it and hear it and experience it. What a relief to know that. It is a relief to know. And, you know, I saw that in action the other day. Sometimes it's simpler to see it in other people. I was sitting outside, have, you know, having dinner outside at a restaurant, and I saw this one car, woman driving, looking for parking, looking for par- parking, and she drove by, and there wasn't anything. And as soon as she drove by, this car pulled out behind her. But she didn't see it. <laughs> and there was a spot there for about a minute, and someone came along and just pulled right in, someone else. I said, well, that person was in alignment, <laughs> came right in, and uh, had no problem parking, came right into the restaurant. Two different experiences. Exactly. So let's talk about that. So let's say you discover that there's a lot of resistance going on in your life. You've got a wad. you got a little wad yeah. of resistance going on. What, what do you do when you start to recognize that? What are some of the things that you do in the moment to start to try to shift that, that vibration? I really try, for me, I take deep breaths for sure. And then I really have been wor- working just actually the last few years about Try, seeing something through the eyes of source. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling in my body this isn't working out. How would source see this? And usually it's funny. Usually I can don't always get funny right away, but pretty quickly I could go, oh, this is silly to be worrying about this. Because if you can step back out of the moment, it really is not that big a deal, whatever it is. Whether it's not a parking space or you got in the wrong line or someone cut you off, it's so what? Yeah. Really, it's a but, big so what? And I know that, you know, we talk about big issues on this show, but I know Abraham has said over and over again, it's the little stuff that gets mm-hmm. our vibrations kind of nipped at the bud and we get lower and lower and lower and to the point where we do start to manifest some big ugly stuff. Yeah. You know, so this may sound like it's not a big deal, but it is the little stuff in your day that allows you to either fully receive all that's coming your way or, you know, as you say, you just missed it. Wrong aisle, you know. That's right. That's right. And, you know, just before this show came on, I was editing some photos of my son playing baseball, and it which should be fun. That's a fun thing. And I, the first half hour was fun. And then I don't know how long it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> it was just that wasn't editing right. It wasn't the color wasn't right. And I finally noticed it probably after 10 minutes when things really started going wrong. And I just had to, I just shut off the program, and I went outside, and I sat by this little pond we have in our backyard, and a bird flew down. It was just flapping its wings and taking a bath, and I just totally felt different. Totally that felt different. That is so key. I mean, when to walk away, mm-hmm. you know? I think sometimes we have that, again, that conventional wisdom that says, stick in there, go harder, mm-hmm. no pain, no gain. And it just gets deeper and deeper into the not knowing. And what you said is, is so brilliant in that there is a, a permission for you to walk away, take a breath, um, you know, let it be for now and not try to hammer it because once you're in the trenches, you'll just get more of that experience if you continue to try to, to make it happen from that mm-hmm. place. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what happened to me. I noticed something wasn't going wrong. I kept at it and said, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, it wasn't fine. And I finally walked away. And the good news is it didn't take as long as it used to. And I think it is that changing focus, walking away, looking somewhere else. 
quickly, more quickly, more and more quickly, so we don't end up with a lot of resistance. Oh, time is something that absolutely becomes malleable within the vortex, which is what Abraham describes as you being in alignment with all that you're wanting. You, you know, it's the zippity doo dah uh, understanding of who you really are in this on this wonderful time space reality. Time becomes very different in the vortex, and and I think sometimes we we have this concept again conventionally that we have to work really really hard, and they have been so clear about action outside the vortex is just a hundred times harder as we spoke about before. It's the hard way. It, it doesn't is. mean you're just going to sit on the couch and be a spiritual potato. But, <laughs> you know, but it, it just, oh, right. Oh, I can't move. I'm on the, you know. but, but you can't, when your action is taken, it's fluid and joyful and wonderful and exciting. And it gives you energy rather than take away. And that's so important to remember is that if you don't act until it feels right. And then when you do act, it's so much quicker and so much more. It just things flow. Things flow smoothly. And these are the things that, you know, are in the day-to-day practice if you really want to utilize these laws. And you only have to prove it to yourself a couple of times where you see the momentum and the leverage. They use that word, the leverage of the vortex, the leverage of being in alignment where people, places, and things line up for you. I love this idea that the universe is always trying to knock itself out to make things happen for us. But if we're not able to go with it, you know, I, I think about, I used to work in the film industry and it was always such a big production to kind of bring everything together and make it work and I just have this you know this idea that when I've got a wad of resistance and I'm not seeing it you know the universe is like okay move that truck we're moving the scene now everybody we're going to try and get over on aisle four and then when you get over there that's it's not the right place anyway so it's just going to continue to get to go bad so it's this idea of doing like that dog shake you know shaking it off and and really knowing that the universe is attempting to give you a a joyful experience and if you can just allow it to carry you you know we often talk about you know that that saying what would jesus do well my question is what would jesus feel you know what would jesus feel as you mentioned before if i stop and try to look at this from source I either, I either get immediately, you know, a bout of humor as to how serious I was taking myself, mm-hmm. or I also get a whole different feeling that that washes over me because because source energy, Jesus, God, Allah, Buddha, whatever you name it, is living in unconditional love, and we are made of unconditional love. So I love that idea of popping into that, and don't you just can flip a switch from that perspective. Yes, yeah. you can, and, and 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 I know your analogy before too. Is that it's just like someone from the sky is saying, "Here, you can have more of this, and more of this, and more of this." And when you're feeling good, you get more of what you want. And if you've got the water resistance, oh, you get more of that. More what? <laughs> more of what? Here you go. Oh, you like that? Here, here's more. And it's not. <laughs> personal you know it's just how the laws work and and sometimes we have to sober up about the fact that there isn't anything personal it's just that we have to understand the rules of these game of this game that we're in on on this fabulous planet and you know this constant translating and what i have called my church of irrelevance and i say that jokingly but it's really about learning what is irrelevant and what is relevant for my attention if indeed we are god what we see and how we see it 
is actually creating our experience. If this is the truth, what we call relevant and what we call irrelevant is so key to how we're experiencing our lives. You know, and I, but I think what's interesting is sometimes we call the unimportant things, i.e. what everyone else is doing, relevant. <laughs> and how we're feeling, irrelevant. Irrelevant. And it should be the other way around. Flip it, baby. That's right. <laughs> so, exactly what we're feeling. To me, after hearing the idea of irrelevant, what, what is relevant, isn't it how we're feeling? It is always how we're feeling. It is always how we're feeling because that's the indication of whether we're connecting with our broader self or not. And if we connect with our broader self, the world is our oyster, as they say. And when we decide not to connect with our broader self, life just becomes a little harder. No big deal. We know how to get back. But boy, I like the easy route. I'm into the fast track. Give me that e-ticket every time. That's right. Um, We've actually come to the end of this hour. It has gone so fast. So I just want to say, Rosemary, thank you for sitting on this metaphysical porch with me this beautiful summer day. And uh, I really appreciate your perspective and your command of this information. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I so enjoyed it. I hope to have you back many, many times. You're listening to Everyday Attraction on AlignRadio.com and also Unity.fm. We love our Unity listeners. So whether you're listening to this live or on a podcast um, or on a, a rebroadcast in the archives, we just send love out to you. And we know that the information embedded in this audio file is for your greatest expansion. And we hope that there have been moments today that have helped you remember who you are and that you are here for joy and that you are here to really truly taste this life and before we end our hour we'd like to give you a law of attraction card reading now i really hope you go get a card deck yourself over at abraham-hicks.com order yourself the law of attraction and money cards so you can have them in your back pocket but until then sit back relax and listen to our charcel tell you about who you are in this moment all is truly well See you next time. Welcome to the Law of Attraction card reading. Today's card feels like it was picked for me. Rather than complaining, I will focus on positive aspects. When you focus upon lack in an attitude of complaining, you establish a vibrational point of attraction that only gives you access to more thoughts of complaint. Your deliberate effort to tell a new story will establish a new pattern of thought, providing you with a new point of attraction from your present, about your past, and into your future. The simple effort of looking for positive aspects will set a new vibrational tone that will begin the immediate attraction of thoughts, people, circumstances, and things that are pleasing to you. Rather than complaining, you will focus on positive aspects. This is Charcel reminding you that like attracts like and that today is sunny with possibilities. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. 
Join Ray every Friday at noon, Central Time, on Unity Online Radio for more ways to align with your source and start living the life you intended to live. Everyday Attraction is sponsored by Send Out Cards. Go to www.sendoutcards.com slash attraction and mail a free card that you personalize to someone you appreciate. Don't wait. Act on your promptings to appreciate today at www.sendoutcards.com slash attraction. Everyday Attraction is recorded live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time on Align Radio, alignradio.com. Things may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Rev. Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. 